Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion, Will Blackman. Bending from the end zone, he throws, and it's a flash away, it is picked off by Will Blackman, the former Giant. Tim Dwight watches it hit, bounces, picks it up at the 10, slips a defender, football, oh. football, it's up for grabs, it's covered in the end zone by Will Blackman for a Green Bay touchdown! And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to a, another edition of Buker and Blackman, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. He is Will Blackman. If you're in London or you have a subscription to Sky Sports, you can see him there covering the NFL. You can also follow him on Twitter at Will Blackman. And pretty much everything you need to know about the NFL, you're going to find on Twitter at Will Blackman. So check it out. Uh, Will, you have a connection, as it happens, to a lot of the guys that uh, seem to be in the news right now in one way or the other. And I want to start with <laughs> – yeah. I want to start with the guy. I think you you still call him your quarterback, do you not? I mean, you've had a number of quarterbacks, but I know Kevin Boss calls. If you're talking about, you're talking about Eli, then it yes. got to be Eli because Eli got me that ring and that's all I care about. So he, right he's your quarterback, and Kevin Boss feels the same way. So refers to him as that's my quarterback. So uh, the news is that he's being benched this week for Daniel Jones. How do you feel about seeing that happen to Eli? We'll just put it, we'll put not, not the so much the, is it the right move or the wrong move? We'll get to that in a second. Just what it's like for you to see a guy that, you, as you said, you won a Super Bowl with, uh, appearing to have the page turn on him and the next guy stepping up. It's interesting because this happened before, right? Uh, where Eli got benched for Geno Smith. Right. Short-lived. Short-lived. But to hear that this, like, end of an era, you know, everyone's time comes to an end, right? Yeah. However, this benching is he's – being, he's being replaced by the heir apparent, okay? Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones is the future. You, you say that so not, not – not, not from the Giants playbook, but in your mind, 
this is the guy who has the goods to be the next guy. Because Gino was supposed to be that, right? Hell no. Okay, Gino was just <laughs> Gino was just filling in because Eli didn't have it going on. They were, yeah, McAdoo just wanted to give guys other looks. Right. Dave Gettleman went and got Daniel Jones at number six overall. Right. That is the future. So it is bittersweet. It is it is tough, but it's time. Now, in in Eli's defense, outside of Saquon, there isn't much around him. Sterling Shepard has been injured. Golden Tate is suspended. Um, receivers are dropping passes. No one's getting open. Defense isn't good. Defense is not playing well. It's tough. Yeah. But it, but it is, but it is time because you, you, ha- you do have the quarterback. You know, you have your guy for the future. So it's tough. So they can't, they can't reverse this. I mean, they can't go back to Eli at this point. This is, this is where you turn the page, and no matter what happens, short of injury, you stay with what you've done. Because, Daniel Jones, because you went so high to get him, to do anything else would be an admission, would it not? An admission of a mistake. Eli is the type of person where he'll be fine with it. He wouldn't cause an issue. Like he, would, he wouldn't obviously cause any issue, distraction. And he would just go about his business and help the guy out. And if it got to the point where Eli went back in, Eli would go back in. He's dealt with so much adversity, and he's dealt with the New York media where I feel like nothing would bother him. He's so stoic. Yeah. I get that from Eli's end of things. I just think for the development of Daniel Jones, you, you've almost got to stick with him. And this is what makes the decision tricky because the team's not playing well. And... So you're like the idea that Daniel Jones is expected to pick things up in a significant way. It may go no better with Daniel Jones, but at this point you can't go searching for answers. You just got to roll with him moving forward. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. You know what? You, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like once he goes in, it's like, okay, let him go through it. Right. Let him go through the gauntlet. Let him, yeah. let him deal with the highs and lows. Let him figure it out right there on the fly. Just put him in there and just let him deal with it. Yeah. I agree. You know, that's what, that's what Eli went through when he came in. That's what Peyton went through on the Colts as a rookie. You know, I think Peyton still has a record for like most interceptions as a rookie, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the only way to learn. And I feel like, and it's funny because you, you look at Daniel Jones, he's Eli Manning Jr. They're the same hmm. height, hmm. same expression. Yeah. Sound the same, talk the same, walk the same. Both coached by Dave Cutcliffe. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I, what's tough is for all that Eli has done, and what I find extraordinary is people are like debating whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. And there are even a few people that are saying, no, he's not. I'm, are you kidding me? He won two Super Bowls. He was a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Don't, I don't, don't give me any career statistics don't get I don't care what you want to give me he won two Super Bowls he was the MVP of both of those Super Bowls done versus in, Tom versus Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame done done versus Tom Brady oh, oh, well that, that that only adds to that only adds to it that, that only takes it yet another level but 
He's he beat all- the 18 and 0 Patriots. Yeah. 17 14, 2007. Beat, beat the 18 and 0 Tom Brady and Randy Moss Patriots. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's, it just seems to be a preposterous debate. And I have no uh, dog in the fight, not a New Yorker, not a Giants fan. It's just, I stand back and you look at it and I'm thinking, there's, there's, what are we debating here? Of course he's a Hall of Famer. Of course he's a Hall of Famer. So uh, I've got a couple other things I want to get to. Um, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, it was just uh, Doug Marone, the Jags head coach, said that he will play Thursday versus the Titans. Boy, is this a weird place. You're damn right he's playing. It's a divisional game. Right. We need, we need that win. But don't you have to resolve where you are as a team to say, we're not trading you? Or like, I, I, it, it just seems to be in a weird place. We're going to play you, but they haven't definitively said whether they're going to acquiesce to his desire to be traded or not. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, but I mean, he, he's your best defender. You know, he, he got to be out there. And it's interesting how it happened. You know, he said, Jalen did mention, he did talk about the request, but he was basically saying, like, I didn't put it out there to the media. He's like, the Jaguars did. Yeah. He said, they put it out there. You know, I guess the going rate for him right now is they want two number ones. That's what I've heard. That's what I know. Oh, that's what you know. <laughs> that's what you know. That's what I, that's what I know. It, so do you see anybody giving that up? I've seen the Chiefs match it. I've seen you know teams that – I could only see I, a team. Yeah, there's a lot of interest. Of course you have interest in him, but to give up two number ones? No, I know. The, uh, the only way I could see you doing it is if you look at yourself and you say, the time is now for us to strike to win a Super Bowl. now. Yeah. And, and so right. we'll, the time we'll, is now. we'll mortgage our future. In order to take a shot at that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. And also, too, like, do I actually see him leaving Jacksonville, going somewhere else? It's, it's very possible. I feel like he, you know, everyone's talking about the the power of the player now and comparing it to the NBA guys in the NFL. I guess who guys who have value now are seeing like their worth, and that's Jalen's argument is like he knows his worth i think he's getting irritated playing cover three sitting back in zone like Jalen wants to be the guy where he can travel and play man-to-man on their best guy you said when you first met Jalen ramsey that he was 16 and he handed you a business card and that's when you knew he was going to the nfl now i gotta tell you if a 16 year old i don't care who it is he hands me a business card I'm looking at him a little sideways. Like you're not you, no, you're, well, you weren't looking at him sideways because he was bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, fine. But I'm looking at him wondering why is a 16-year-old handing me a business card? And what did the business a, card say? Was a, what was on the business was a, card when you were 16? It was a recruiting business card. So it what it had his, his stats on it or his yeah, it had measurements a or him, it had a picture of him in his uniform, it had his GPA, it had his 40, it had his stats. And it had a contact number if you guys wanted to recruit him. At this time, he was committed to USC. Um, I think Lane Kiffin was there at, at the time. Okay. Um, but I met him 
when we did a uh, we did a defensive back instructional video for football university, and it was they wanted a NFL guy, a kid going to college, and a kid going to high school. So Jalen was the high school kid going to college. And we did a cool video. He was super chill, super cool. I just noticed, I was like, damn, this dude is big. This is a big-ass defensive back, and he's only in high school. Hmm. I look, I seriously looked at him, and it, I watched him move. I see how strong he was. I was like, this is before the business card. I was like, this dude's going first round. Hmm. I'm sorry. This happened. And where were you at the time? I, I just left the – I think I just finished with the Giants. Okay. I believe that's where I was. And this was a video you were doing with him? Yeah, it was an instructional, instructional video for Football University. And how were you involved and how was he involved? How did, that, how did the two of you end up working together? So Football University, they're linked up uh, with the U.S. Army All-American game. Um, and I played in that game when I was in high school. And Jalen uh, was selected as a U.S. Army All-American as well. Got it. So Got it. they connected, you know, they connected all of us together to do this video. Have you stayed in touch with him since then? Have you like how much of a relationship? No, no, I have not stayed in touch with him at all. Okay. I know we have mutual friends and he he's his agent is based out of uh California and he played basketball with some of my friends and so I mean he'll say like, Hey, tell what I said what's up, but I I have not stayed in touch with him. Can you I know you were high on the Jags at one point. With with this kind of, and I think it's fair to call it a distraction. Is it not a distraction? I mean, there's got to be some uncertainty. It, it's you know what it's a it's I want to we can call it a distraction, but it's just it's just more more things they have to deal with. I kind of look at them in the same realm as the Browns right now, in terms of hmm. like all this talent, but just undisciplined. And who do you put that like, on? Is that a head coach thing? That's a, when I look at discipline, that is strictly the head coach. I'm going sh- like Cleveland first game when they had all those damn penalties. I'm looking right at Freddie Kitchens. Hmm. Same thing. All these penalties in Jacksonville, like Miles Jackie and throwing out the game. You know, Fournette last year fighting on the sideline. Yeah. Where does that start? Like, like how does how does that how does a team become infused with that kind of behavior or, starts, or, or guys think they can the get head, away with it. It starts with the head coach. It starts with the head coach creating that culture in the building. So he's looking the other like, way when there's how, already slippage. I don't know. I don't know if he's looking the other way. Maybe guys just don't respect him. Hmm. You know, and I, know, I understand. Yeah. They, well, they brought up a coach Coughlin. Well, Coughlin can only do so much. Right. Coughlin did his thing. He had his way in New York and it worked. Right. You know, we hired we we signed we hired grown men in our building, and it worked. That's why I'm surprised that you know you're seeing all these undisciplined uh, things that are going on in the building. Because I thought you know someone like Calais Campbell, you know, is would be a fantastic leader, and he and he has shown, uh, uh, especially when they made that run, he has been a, a really good leader. But there's just so much going on in that in that in that building. Like, I don't, I don't understand it because there's, especially on defense, they're so talented. They got, you got two legit number one corners Hmm. in Bouye. You got a nice pass rush. You got, you know, great D tackles, a nice DN. You got linebackers that can run. It's, it's, it's interesting, man. So 
how is it, if you can give me some examples, how is it that a head coach gains respect, earns respect, and how does he lose it? I think he gains respect when you're consistent with your mission. What does that mean? Help me understand what that means. So look at Gus Bradley. When he was in Jacksonville, like we didn't have the best roster. And we we lost like the first four games. But he did not change. He did not waver. He did not point any fingers. And he stuck to his his mission, his creed. Everything he said is what he lived by. Next thing you know, we lost eight straight. He never pointed fingers. He never called out players. He never like MFs anybody. He never threw anybody under the bus. He his whole mission too was like to show genuine appreciation. And he showed genuine appreciation to everybody in the entire building, no matter what. If you were the starter, you were the backup, it didn't matter. And he just kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting, kept pushing. And he was super, super positive. And eventually, we finally won our, our first game against the Titans. And he and he's just been consistent the whole time. All, all three years he was there, he has been, like, extremely consistent. And some people can look at it like, oh, you know, it's kind of soft. It doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. In his case, he did. His his issue, what happened with, with Coach Gus Bradley is that I feel like you're only as good as who you hire. And I feel like he hired a bunch of his friends mm-hmm. as opposed to actually hiring guys that were trying to be good coaches, you know. Well, that's the tricky part of being a new head coach or somebody who hasn't been in that position before. Is that You just got to be transparent. Well, you have to be transparent, but you also have to decide – what kind of coach you're going to be, what the what your approach and your plan is going to be, and stick with it, and 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 believe in it, and not waver and show any questions about whether you really believe your way will work or not. And that doesn't mean that you can't adjust and take input and shift things, but there has to be a certain baseline of what you believe in and how you approach things. Less so, and I'm not talking like X's and O's as much as I'm talking about just. No, just daily work and approach. Yes. Yeah. No, and I agree because, you know, you look at someone like Coach Carver who was really disciplined, such a stickler on all that stuff and hard work. And the Giants did not flourish. They didn't finally take that next step until Coach Carver's wife, Judy, she was like, you need to let them see who you are. You need to let them see you. And she's like, watch what happens. Just let, you know, show personality. Like when you guys go, like they took a trip to like in California, they had a game out there and like I brought Ryder into the training room and he would pick up Ryder and hold them and like hang out with him. And you got to, you get to see the person, you know, it's not like, Hey, you're going to show weakness. Let's, let's just see you as an individual. Cause like everyone's here busting their ass every day. Yeah. Everyone's trying to win. Everyone's sacrificing. Like, let us, let us see who you are. You That's- know? funny i'm working with a a coach right now a football coach right now who uh in terms of the media being better in front of the camera and part of it is he doesn't have he has personality he doesn't show it in front of the cameras he's very very banal and uh and and so what surprised me was is he told me he goes i because i asked him i said how are you with your players? Like I, you, you, th- this can't be how you approach your players. How do you inspire your players? He goes, Oh, I'm completely different with my players. And I'm like, 
okay, well, you need to take some of that and do the same thing when you're in front of the cameras because you are trying to appeal to your fans and the media to buy into what you're doing, especially when you're in a struggling situation. So in the same way that you get your players motivated and believing in what you do, yeah, you, you may not come with the same fire and brimstone, but there, there's some of it that you're an evangelist in both instances. There can't be two different people. Um, do you, by the way, do you know anything yeah. about how Belichick approaches? Is he completely different with his players? I don't, I, I don't know, but I, he does have personality though. He's totally like cra- crazy to the media, but he's a fun guy and he, he likes to have fun. But I mean, I, I look at, you know, those games we were losing in Jacksonville, Gus would still come to meetings, go through the same thing. You know, he used to put guys on blast. Like, they used to go through everyone's social media and try to find, like, funny pictures of players and put it on the big screen. Like, we still had fun. We still joked around each other, and we still went to work. Wow. You know, so people got to see that. And, the, and, and no matter what, what was going on, it's like you you didn't you did not think we were, you know, an 0-16 because the energy was still good. Like, guys were still competing. Interesting. And he would still have, and he would still have fun. Um, same thing. The night before the Super Bowl with Coach Coughlin, I'm expecting this like crazy, like rah-rah speech, like let's go beat the Patriots, this, that, and the third. No, did not get that at all. What we got was he he went around the room and spoke about, you know, just how much he appreciated us. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you like as players as men how like we sacrifice how we worked hard how we stuck to the plan he put on a couple he pointed out a couple of guys who fought through injuries that require surgery and he's like he started bawling hmm. this is the night before the game right he wow. started crying the night before the game he did he did yeah Wow. Okay. This there, there was no like, hey, let's go get the Patriots. Da 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 da. This that and the third. You know, it was none of that. Interesting. It was like it was burn the ships. Yeah. <laughs> burn so, the ships. You mentioned Freddie Kitchens. Oh, really, really quick though. Yeah. But when you hear something, when you when you sit there in the room, you hear something like that, you're like, dude, I'm about to go. Let's go. Yeah. Because you see, you see the heart. When you see the heart, man, it's like. It's it's genuine and it's yes. cons- it's consistent, you know. Yes. And you yes. respect it that he's being like real to you. Yeah. You still need the game plan. You still need the talent. You still need, still need a lot of other things. But that can you be, still need a lot of other things, of course. Yeah. But that can be the 
unifying element that brings it all home. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned Freddie Kitchens and you mentioned the problems with the Browns. And by the way, we did this last week from London and you were not in a good way. You are in a much better way. You may even be more energetic than when you're, when you've done it from the OC. What, what is, how are you feeling? Why do we have this new Will Blackman on the other side of the pond? Have you, have you settled in to your London, your London situation? You see, you see, I'm, you see, I'm more energetic today. Hundred percent, thousand percent. Last well, week, I wasn't sure you were going to make it to the soon, end of the podcast. Soon as soon as soon as I got off the pod last week, I ended up being like, like crucially ill. I was like really sick. I got really sick. I was on the verge. As soon as I got off the pod, I was like done for. I was done for like three days. Wow. Count. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I thugged it out. I thugged it out on the flu, man. <laughs> Never know how much how much did Jordan score were having the flu. What was the flu game we had? Yeah, uh, enough. <laughs> enough, right? Enough to win a title for sure. I want to say it was like he had like thirty five or something. He was insane. Scotty Pippen. Oh, was he hungover? Carrying, carrying him back? No, he wasn't. People like to say he was hungover. It wasn't. He wasn't ill. <laughs> He was ill. He was ill. Like Michael had a reputation as some other guys along the way had a reputation of being able to burn it at both ends. But in that case, that was not a hangover. That was because here's the thing. Here's the here's the real uh, telltale on on the hangover on a hangover. He's feeling it in the first quarter. But once he gets that sweat on, he's good. But in that game, as the game went on, he got worse. By the fourth quarter, Scottie Pippen is literally dragging him to the bench for timeouts, carrying him to the bench for timeouts, and then pushing him back out there to get him going again. So just as a clarification. Yeah, the, he played well because no one wanted to touch him. Nobody wants to get sick. <laughs> you like, know what? Come on, bro. Uh, Go home, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being in Salt Lake City. Never having won a title. John, John Stockton. John Stockton would have kissed Michael Jordan on the mouth. It would have meant winning a title. Sick or not sick. Stockton was one of those guys who would have done anything. I'm just telling you. All right. Um, okay. I believe it. I talked about uh, Freddie Kitchens and the Browns. Baker Mayfield's getting a lot of heat. Uh, and when I mentioned that to you before we started the podcast, you said deservedly so. I know you're a big Baker Mayfield uh supporter or believer what makes you feel that i mean obviously he's missing some throws is there anything more to it than that that you look at and say baker's not playing anywhere close to what he he could or the reason that they're having the problems that they're having is because of baker um well i mean right now you can't have the off season you had, like having all that fun and then, you know, shotgunning beers and and then before games, like before the Titans, he was talking smack about them, you know, like doing all these things. And and I felt like, okay, he's gonna do all these things and I still feel like okay, he can he'll be just fine and he'll maybe he does that to like play up to his abilities, but all right, guys have film on you now. Yep. You know, you can feel confident, but guys have film and, and you gotta go above and beyond. Now, in his defense, he has not had the greatest protection right now. Hmm. Um, 
but he still has to make better decisions on 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 what to do, you know, and 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 that's what's tough is like in this in this league, everybody's a mutant, man. Everybody's smart. And if you rub people the wrong way, you better come with. Yep. I feel as if that's what we're seeing with Mitch Trubisky is that now that people have a year of film and they've had an opportunity to sit down, see what he he likes to do, see what makes him uncomfortable, that they've really been able to dial in and make the game much harder for him. And I don't know what I don't but they're know. They're not calling the right stuff. Like Nagy's, I don't know what Nagy's calling though. It's not. He's not even. I don't think he's even given a chance to to showcase anything. Like everything is like you know RPOs or short this or short that or this short run or a draw. It's like these little these. They're not stretching the field. Hmm. And I'm like, well, let you know. And also too, I feel like Trubisky last year he used his legs more, and this year he's not. Yeah. It's interesting that the Bears traded up to get Trubisky. Yeah. With Deshaun Watson and Mahomes still on the board. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's more than interesting. <laughs> it's it's a potential damning statement is what it is. I see right I see what Trubisky is like. You have all the goods. Love the guy, mobile, great arm, great player, great person, and I, I, I know him personally as well too. I, I know his agents. Okay. It's, it's almost like Mariota ish. Ironically, who they have the same agent. You know, I, you know, what I feel the the worst for Josh Rosen. I don't. Why? Win a competition, bro. Okay, even if you win a competition with the Dolphins, but he did. What are you There's winning? No, he, it's too late now. He wasn't picked the starter. All I'm saying is, you're with the Cardinals in a bad situation. You, you go to the Dolphins in a bad you're situation. With the Card- you're with the Cardinals, and they signed Sam Bradford, and you lose your job to him. Okay. Then As- you get traded to Miami. Yeah. And you get beat out by Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick signed in March, and he got traded in April or February. Whenever he got signed, February free agency, and then dude got traded. I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't see enough to know what if it and was a his pure first play. His first play, the first week, he threw a pick. <laughs> I, I didn't see enough of the tryout to know whether it was we're just picking the best quarterback, we're best, we're picking the quarterback that gives us the best chance to win, or we know what we are right now and we're going to go with Fitzpatrick and let Josh develop a little bit more before we go in much like the Eli versus yeah, Daniel see, Jones. I can see that plan. I can see that plan. And so as a result, all I'm saying is, and this happens with so many players, like where you start your career and especially as a quarterback can do, can, can determine whether you're a success or not. Like I can't, I, I can't look at Josh Rosen right now being on the bench for, two teams or being on two suck teams and say it's all Josh Rosen's fault. So much of this is circumstance or decisions made that are beyond his control. No, but that's the nature of the business. It's just like, it is like that. Like guys, I'm sure, right. They signed Fitzpatrick. Okay. He's going to hold us over right now while we destroy this thing and, and rebuild it. He's going to hold us over. We like Josh Rosen. Let's hold on to Josh Rosen. Like he's not going to play. We're going to build and he's our quarterback. 
you know, we'll see how that, we'll, yeah, ultimately we'll see how that goes. I am also not feeling the Adam Gaze, uh, Gaze, uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold combo as lifting the Jets out of their morass. I'm not sold on either one of those guys, and I'm surely not sold on them together right now. I know that. I don't know. I don't know if the GM is sold on either. Yeah. It's what, what is your understanding of Gase? Strengths, weaknesses? I have no understanding. Okay. I know he was with Peyton. That was it. Okay. And Cutler. I just haven't been with, with where, what happened with Miami, the way he explained or didn't explain what happened with Miami, and the way he's handled things with the Jets. Uh, he hasn't done anything to, to validate in my mind why everybody saw him as this burgeoning star that was going to be a, a hotshot head coach. I haven't, I haven't, I, and as you well know, like there's certain guys, you can be a great coordinator. You can be a great assistant coach, but you don't necessarily have the wherewithal to be the head coach and maintain everybody's respect. And that's what, when you go back to consistency, I haven't seen consistency with, with Gates. And that's what we're trying to figure out. We're Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. I'm trying to figure the same thing out. Uh, boy, the Miami Dolphins, though, what a hot mess! That is one hot mess. Yeah, yeah it, no, it it is a hot mess. But as you walk into a fixer upper, there's all this stuff in there that like you're like, okay, I I got this house. Yeah. That you know, and we need to repipe the house. Right. Okay. And there's, you know, they left a expensive ass couch over here. They got this granite countertop that is does not match but it probably cost them like 50 grand to install it there's all these things around this house that just doesn't it's just not like it has great has good bones this house has good bones but doesn't have like it doesn't all this stuff right here like i don't i don't want all these things in here it doesn't fit understood but here's the here's the problem as i see it is that if you're the owner of the house and let's say you're leasing it to somebody. You don't say, Hey, we're just, we got to make a few fixes. We're just going to, you know, we're going to make a few upgrades. And then you come in and you demolish the thing. The, the, the owners who I see as part as the players, you need to have everybody on board. You need to have a conversation before you start the demolition to say, Hey, look, this is what we're going to do. Whether a conversation you want, with the players, uh, with anybody who is coming in, so that they understand what it is that you're about and what you're trying to accomplish. On I'm, s- sure that, I'm sure that happened in the, in the beginning. The Are, you sure? meeting. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure when, when Flores came in there and he spoke to that team. Yeah. That's like protocol. It happens regardless. It happens. I just. And then there are, there, but then there are people that, that meet that, that meet that. And some people that don't. Okay, but you know, it's if, like it's like he's fortunate when he came from a place where they he he been for over a decade and saw what it looks like, and he comes to Miami and signs a five year deal mm-hmm. to make this right. I get making it right, but if they had a conversation in training camp or at the beginning of the year with the players to say, "Look, this is what this year is going to be about," if that conversation took place then I don't see how you get a game or two in and suddenly there's 19 guys on the phone asking to be traded. If you knew coming in 
this is the direction we were going to go. And these are the lumps that we were going to take. But we're still, this is what we're building toward. I, I just, to me, that smacked of, they kind of changed horses in the middle of the race. And they didn't tell anybody or they were denying that that was the direction that they were going. They didn't trust being honest with the players. And I, I believe that that is a mistake. And whether it was Flores or whether it was the GM, that team smacks of a, the, the different levels, GM, head coach, locker room, not being on the same page, not having, not understanding, having a collective understanding about where they are and where they're headed and what they're doing. And that's what causes people to, to, to go their separate ways. Cause they're like, I didn't sign up for this or uh, you're telling me now, like it's, there has to be communication there. Guys might not like it and they still might want to go someplace else, but there's not going to be the same outrage as you pulled the covers on me. You changed up on me. And, and I see this in a lot of organizations. They don't trust being honest with the players. You and I, I think, have talked about this before. But the good organizations, they'll tell you where you stand. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. But you appreciate that you know where you stand. It might put you in a tough spot. But you're going to appreciate that more than someone feeding you a certain line because they think it's what you want to hear. And then a week later, they're taking other action that defies what they told you they were going to do. Tell me where I'm wrong. Um, no, you're, you're not wrong. But at the same time, when it's game time, the players are the ones on the field playing. True. You can say you want to trade. You cannot be happy. But when you line up, it's you looking stupid on the field, getting lit up the whole time. Yeah. I don't care if a coach calls cover one the entire game. You got to make it work. The next play is the best play. You got to make it work. You say whatever you want. Like the one pick six that the Patriots had slipped out of the dude's hand from a swing pass. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's his fault, you know? There was one play with, uh, against the Ravens where Mark Ingram ran over half the defense. Guys were in the wrong spots. Guys were falling off. Guys are missing tackles. That's that's whose fault is that? You still got to put on good tape. You can go out there and half-ass, and, and then you don't want to look silly trying to get a new job. Did you see, speaking of all that, did you see the 49ers Bengals? All you needed to see was some of the highlights, some of the 49ers highlights. Right. The Bengals' lack of effort defensively for the second week of the season at home. I'll be honest. It's been a long time since I've seen that kind of indifference, that type of tackle. They were were the worst defense last year. So even so some of that might be talent. It might be scheme. This was just blatant guys. No effort, no effort. I mean, it was just kind of dogging it allowing a guy to go untouched in the end zone, running past three, four guys. It was, oh, it was hard to watch. As, as someone from the Natty, it, it was demoralizing. Second week of the season, it's hard. It'd be like, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it does indeed. All right, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that we needed to 
get to. We got well, we got Roethlisberger and we got Breeze out. Is this a cakewalk for the New England Patriots? Should we just chalk it up to uh, wait until wait to see who's going to face them? Uh, Seven the rings. <laughs> Seven. Well, right now it might be the Rams again because right they they have a great balance right now. They have a great balance. They got a two-headed monster in the backfield, Malcolm Brown, Todd Gurley, and they're and they got all the receivers back. So right now they're just playing very comfortable, relaxed football. And oh. that's what New England's right now. New England's doing what they're doing whatever they want. It was yeah. embarrassing. It was crazy. They pretty much they pretty much made that Dolphins game a preseason game for AB. Like, hey, this is what we play. This is how we're gonna run it. So here we're gonna teach you as the game goes on, because we're going to blast them anyway. I have to ask you this, because I mentioned this in the last podcast. Uh, Antonio Brown and what's hanging over him with the assault charge and everything else. Uh, I saw how Kobe, when he was in the midst of that and how he was dealing with it, um, he played, he stayed focused, he got his job done. But he wasn't a happy camper. You could tell that he was feeling the strain whether it was the 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 accusations are legit or not that's the weirdest part for me in watching antonio brown is you would never know that he has this other thing going on and i just put myself in that position and it would it would be hard for me to have to be happy go lucky to be have to have unbridled joy i don't care whether that it's legit i don't care what it is i'd be wearing it and i'm not seeing any of that from him and it, it's it's weird to me. I don't know if it's weird to you, but it's weird to me. I don't know. I don't know what he's going through daily. So, yeah, and and that's a fair point because I'm right. seeing glimpses. I'm seeing glimpses of. Him. I'm just. I don't know that there would be ever a moment, no matter what happened in the game, whatever it might be, that I wouldn't. There wouldn't be like a little bit of a cloud. That cloud would always be somewhat visible, but. Uh, as you pointed, as you, as you noted, like we don't know everything. So we don't know everything. All right. Uh, that does it for this episode of Buker and Blackman. Will coming to you live from uh, London, England. I'm actually in Washington, DC at the moment. So we're moving around getting, getting things done, but uh, able to knock this out. Uh, don't forget. Uh, we appreciate you rating and reviewing the show. Let us know how we're doing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And then uh, if you want to be eligible for some prizes, uh, screenshot that review and send it to at Beaker Friends. All right. In the next podcast, Ryan Hollins will be joining me. We will break down the Team USA uh, putting a, uh, I don't know if it's lipstick on a pig, but beating Poland. Uh, for me and for my money, it was a uh, may have been one of the most hmm, uh, impressive, and I'm not making this up, one of the most impressive efforts that I've seen when it comes to Team USA. And I will explain that in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.